Welcome to the Producer Podcast. This is the show where we talk to successful electronic music producers from around the world, and we ask them how they make their music, what they're doing in the studio, we talk about their careers, ask about marketing advice, and the goal of this show is to help you guys out there who are producing to get your music out there, get it heard, and become better producers yourselves. We always have awesome producers on the show. Today's no different. Brawl is joining us from London today. What's going on, Brawl? Yeah, I'm cool. Pretty pretty good weather today. Yeah, it's cool. For London, right? It's not always, uh, you're not always that fortunate to get good weather, right? Oh, no, most of the time it's pretty crap. Yeah, you have like <laughs> rain or you have fog or you have these rubbish most of the time. <laughs> that sucks. I'll tell you what, I, I'm in the States and I moved from a, a state called Pennsylvania that has a city called Philadelphia in there um, down to Florida, Tampa, Florida, which is kind of close to Miami. And I'll tell you, man, the weather down here is beautiful. But I'll tell you, this is one of the hottest summers that I've ever experienced. And I, I got dehydrated on several occasions. So I guess it's not all it's cracked up to be. All right, let's get into your music. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, the type of music you're doing right now? Well, um, I'm, well, okay. So I'm a EDM producer and I produce really all kinds of music that I can possibly make. Because I like to broaden my variety and just make myself just new. I don't reuse sounds. I don't reuse bass sounds and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm always pushing out new stuff. And um, I think most of the time I'm doing more kind of heavy, grimy, squelchy, nasty sounds. Where there's the kind of like mainstream like house and all that. I, I like to keep it dark most of the time. I was going to say, yeah, that's, I think you described it well. Um, you know, mm. from the tracks I've listened to, it's definitely dark. What, is, what does that come from? Is that an angry feeling or is that just the energy that just moves you or what? Um, well, it's mainly um, inspiration from my background, which was originally I was really into heavy metal, death metal, Viking metal, whatever the hell it's called nowadays. <laughs> and um, also like my inspirations, like I really like Kill the Noise. I really like Space Laces and anything really just crazy in general. It's just so cool. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I mean, EDM is the right place for that. You can make any sound you imagine, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the fact that electronic dance music is so versatile. You can do virtually anything with it. I mean, you have like reggae step, you have a uh, rock step, like anything really. It just works. <laughs> I know. It just works. You know, uh, the one sound, there's one sound in particular that got me actually the most interested in, uh, in this electronic music than any other sound. And that's the, the first growl and the drop in Cinema by Skrillex. Um, oh, yeah. The one that basically scares the crap out of you, that sound. Yeah, I was yeah. like, that got me in. Yeah, Skrillex, he's, he's, he's such a genius. Like, really, like, the only reason I actually got to be making dubstep or EDM in general was because my cousin showed me Skrillex. And I was like, whoa, what the hell is this? This is, <laughs> this is crazy. So I love that. Yeah. Skrillex is brilliant. You, you're not the first person on the show who said that. Skrillex comes up a lot. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, the amount of people he's probably inspired over the years is unimaginable. Yeah, I don't even think he can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, uh, okay, so you, did, you got into dubstep and then, um, or, you know, dark, um, bassy type music. And, yeah. uh, well, what, what software are you using right now to make that? Um, well, I originally used um, Dub Turbo because I had no idea what 
anything of this was. So I thought, what's the kind of cheap thing I can get? And I found this software called Dub Turbo, which yeah, was I've really seen. quite crap too. I've seen it's, that. It's, I've seen that. It's, 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 it's very buggy. It's like you can only load samples which are in stock. And um, that was quite bad. So I was looking for the next best thing. And um, I was looking at what people use. And recently, uh, well, not recently, when I was back in that time, I was listening to a lot of Kill the Noise and he's just, he's my absolute idol. And um, I found out that he uses Ableton and I was like, whoa, what is this? So I looked it up, um, what do you call it? Found a couple of tutorials on how to use it, how to load up drums, albums and stuff. And I just went from there. So yeah, it was cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's a big jump from Dub Turbo to Ableton. As, yeah. As, as far as a yeah. learning curve, right? Yeah. Cause Dub Turbo is pretty simple. You just tap a couple of things and hope it works where there's Ableton it's kind of like fiddly and you know when you make a track that sounds shit you can't just like change the sound it sounds amazing you have to probably change everything and make <laughs> it sound cool right Ableton's like a blank slate like you actually have to create art on that yeah exactly because unlike FL Studio or I believe Logic has that kind of stuff as well where you can load templates of things there's Ableton and it comes as one template and it's not even electronic dance music it's like acoustic <laughs> right. so it's useless right right that's pretty cool so um how did you uh, get along with the software how did you progress and what really made you become good with it um well i'm i'm a big believer in learning everything yourself like diy i'm i'm very kind of like the way i thought of it was if i were to follow a tutorial my sound would sound like somebody else right. and not me because somebody else obviously did that tutorial and so i'd just be basically copying that so everything I learned from the EQ, from the spectrum analyzers to saturation, distortion, all of that, I all learned by myself. And it took a long time, granted, but I think it paid off. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the most rewarding. Hmm. I think there is something to say for tutorials, at least showing you the right places where things are and how to use them. But as far as creating, yeah, I hear what you're saying about the tutorials. And a lot of people just, they live off of that. They want to copy exactly Avicii or whatever. I'm like, no, yeah, exactly. that's not the purpose, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like I never use any kind of samples except for drum samples because I'm not very good with that kind of stuff. It's like, it just sounds just too, just it just sounds too good. Yeah. Like, obviously, you want your music to sound good, but if you use samples and stuff, it literally sounds just, it just sounds too good. I know what you mean. Like some of that kind of thing. I know what you mean. And you could actually hear the songs, even like by some famous guys where you know they're using just like a vengeance loop in the background because it's that polished. I mean, the, the mastering and compression on that loop in particular is just perfect. And it doesn't fit with like the, like how natural the rest of the song is, you know, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And also another problem I have with samples is that you have compression on them, mastering, as you said already. And so that way, when you're actually mastering the song, you're putting compression on, you're putting on stereo imaging and all that kind of stuff. It just over compresses, over masters, and it just sounds horrible. Yeah. So that's why, that's why another reason I don't use samples that much at all. That's very cool, man. It's, I, I commend you for that. Mm. Um, well, let's talk about more, a little bit more about geeking out here with uh, production, and then we'll get into your okay. career. Uh, what's your favorite soft synth? Um, well, I have a bunch. I think my top, uh, yeah, my, my top two would either be Silent or Razor, mainly because Silent, I mean, why not? It's a great synth. <laughs> and Razor, because it's so unique, because it's, it's a subtractive synthesizer, but it has other things like a, that have with additive synths. It's just so, you can create amazing sounds with it, which is why I love it. Okay. I got to try out Razor now. You're like the 10th person on the show to mention it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good buy. Is it? Yeah, because a lot of people nowadays, they'll go on a Pirate Bay, I'll go get Massive, I'll go get Razor, I'll go get 
anything. But really, I think if you're going to make good music, it's like if you're going to start a rock band, you, you can't torrent a drum kit. You can't torrent a guitar <laughs> unless you steal it or something. So you might as well get the legit version because that way there can't be anything wrong with it. Whereas if you get a torrent version, you might get a like, Trojan or something like that. So it would be horrible. Exactly. Plus, I mean, it's the whole per- the whole eth- principle of the thing. It's like you're you're doing stuff in the music business. These guys are creating music software. Pay for it. I, I'm all, I'm all for paying for it because it it just keeps the whole industry going. You want like you want native instruments to keep coming out with cool stuff, right? Well, then buy exactly, their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm. All right. How about uh, is there any hardware that you use? Are you uh, fond of any particular hardware? Do you have something in your studio that you absolutely can, can't do without? Well, I'm a bedroom producer, so I don't have any hardware at all. Um, I mean, uh, my grandma has a MIDI keyboard, which I just found in uh, her garage. But that's the only thing which I use like every like couple of months or so. It's just to just randomly splash out some notes or something. I actually have no hardware. It's all software, all virtual. Oh, my gosh. I know I'm getting old when somebody says, my grandma has a MIDI keyboard. <laughs> yeah exactly that's awesome yeah see, i'm i'm kind of the same i'm a bedroom producer here too as well and i just have like a like a little m audio dinko keyboard with the little tiny keys and for the most part it gets the job done exactly yeah like like really if you think about it it's electronic if like electronic you think something like a computer obviously keyboards are electronic but really that was kind of like the like old techno and stuff. And so really, if you're trying to make modern stuff, obviously if you're trying to make cheesy 80s techno, go, go, go get the analog synths. But if you want to make modern day dubstep, drum and bass, whatever, you need a kind of new software to get that new sound. Right. I'm with you. But I do yeah. have, I, I haven't tried too many analog synths, but I'll tell you what, if you have a, well, I don't know, you guys don't have Guitar Center in London, do you? No, no. All right, well, you have music stores there, and they, there's, you know, the company Arturia. Um, I'm not familiar with them, but I can probably look them up and find out exactly what kind of they are. They like to recreate in software all these vintage synthesizers. Arturia does, and they always have all these synth collections. But now they're actually coming out with true analog synths, and they have one called the Micro Brute and the Mini Brute. And I'll tell you because I was like you, I was like, ah, oh, you get pretty much software has pretty much everything you can do. You can emulate pretty much anything. And then I tried one of these true analog synths in the store. And I don't think, I, I can't imagine software duplicating the sound of that just yet. It's, it's got this bite to it that I couldn't deny. I don't know how it would sound if I ran it through a preamp and recorded it. It might sound like a, like a soft synth, but playing it through the speakers live in the store, it was this sound that I really, really uh, enjoyed. And I don't think I could duplicate with software just yet. So there is still something to say for analog synths. I think. Yeah, I, I definitely think they are like worth it, but also you have to keep like in, in your budget because some analog synths out there are like freaking three hundred dollars or pounds in my in my case. But it's just like really, it's some of it. Like you get it, and I'm assuming this because I've never bought an analog synthesizer, <laughs> but you you buy it, and it's kind of like it's it's I, I don't imagine it to be all fiddly because you know you don't want to get something. You can't plug it into your computer. That's three hundred bucks wasted, or something like that. So that's that's my that's my one kind of thing. Should I get it or should I not? Yeah, I know what you mean. And most of this hardware, I bet people use it for a week and then they never use it again. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, let's talk about uh, your career and what you've done so far. Uh, 
you seem like you're doing re really well. Your music's up there. You got a lot of SoundCloud followers and uh, doing well. How? What, what have you found has really helped you boost your career and taken you up to where, the level you're at right now? Well, I, I think it's got to do with the amount of support I've gotten because um, originally, I think it was for about five or six months, my music was starting to get good. You know, I was starting to feel my music. It wasn't some um, trap 808 beat kind of like, yeah, it was, it was, it was proper music. Right. And um, I think it was really the kind of people I talked to and my contacts so I got into touch with. And I, I, it's a couple of people that I met, like a couple of people I met, which I really like enjoy talking to is a, a guy called Cyanide. He's really helped me just, he's helped me like a, a few tricks. He's always there if I feel like, oh, does this need a bit of tweaking, whatever. He was always there, a guy called X-Blade um, and Cavilla and all these guys. And they just helped me like build my sound, build my craft and get it to what it's at now. Now, where did you find these guys? How did you hook up with them? Well, most of the time, because I always like to look through my SoundCloud followers and see who's following me, check out their music, you know, never know, might be a collab in the works. And um, I just saw a couple of guys and they were cyanide and I quite liked his music. It was, um, it was very weird. It was, it kind of reminded me of Liquid Stranger and quite, I quite like Liquid Stranger. And I thought, oh, might as well talk to him. He had a friend, talk to him. He had a friend, talk to him. So um, yeah, it was just really just finding out by just by pure just looking at things over the internet that's interesting like look at who's following you on soundcloud and check them out that's mm. a, yeah that's that's a good tip mm. now you've so, so you just basically these guys started following you just from you posting your stuff you didn't do any did you do any external marketing or other types of marketing to get your music out there or did you just start throwing stuff up on soundcloud um well originally i just started as you said just throwing up on soundcloud and see what happens but i found out i was getting like 20 or so plays i was like what the hell this is shit so i started finding out thinking of other ways to get um more plays and um i've been i've always been listening to ukf dubstep they're massive um like youtube uh like community they have lots of people listening in i was thinking do they have like some kind of soundcloud community so i typed up on uh, soundcloud ukf dubstep and lo and behold there's a ukf dubstep group which you submit your songs to and I was thinking, wow, there must be more of these kind of things with different genres. And there were. <laughs> so basically, if I posted um, a drum bass song, I'd post it to all the groups that were drum bass, which I've joined. And it, I found that my plays just kept on rising and rising. That really helped me. Wow, that's a great tip, man. We had, nobody's really talked about SoundCloud groups that, thus far. So I'm going to actually do that for my podcast after, we, after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because it's really it's really helpful because some of these have like uh, at least a hundred thousand people like listening like, like checking the group. So if you think about it, if you do a hundred thousand, you can submit to like seventy five groups uh, per song. So if you think about it, like at least a thousand per group. I like to join the big groups. That's at least you know almost a million people. So yeah. and obviously every every single person won't click your track, but it's just it's just it's good to know that at least a good hundred or so people clicked on it and played it and liked it. Absolutely. That's a great tip. Thanks for bringing that. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually you, you reminded me cause we had a girl named Emily Coy on in some of the later or earlier episodes and she worked for a company called cloud killers, which is also another, it's actually a separate website, but it's a SoundCloud community where um, they help listen to and rate other songs. So that might be another avenue to explore. I like bringing that up every once in a while because they seem legit. It doesn't seem spammy or scammy, and I like that kind of stuff. They keep keep it real, and it helps people, you know, get their music out there and heard. Yeah, exactly. 
because I don't like all this kind of business that because I've been like looking on I mean it's been on Beatport it's been on iTunes it's been on SoundCloud it's been on YouTube everywhere people are buying views people are buying plays and it's just like why would you do that you know at the bottom of your heart you haven't got crap you just got a bunch of spam bots liking it and playing it so I think that's that's one thing which is you know it should kind of be you know outlawed and people should really go out and get some legit plays because it's you know I agree with you 100% I wonder how that would be policed though that's going to be crazy actually yeah true <laughs> so um have you found any other ways to market your music that really have been working for you um, well, yeah, actually, um, one way, which has kind of been, it's, it's a way to kind of recognize me. So, um, I, I can't remember who originally brought this up, but I remember I was doing, um, I think it was a YouTube video and I was, I was saying, oh, this is me, Brawl. And, um, apparently I pronounce my, um, my name, Brawl as a B-R-O-O-L, which is not as it's spelled. <laughs> and so a lot of people remembered me as Brul, the person who can't pronounce their name. And so I think a lot of people kind of caught on to that. And now it's become this like big joke. Like if you look on SoundCloud and if you type in like I am Brul or something like that, there'll be like five different tracks of people like <laughs> making joke tracks about me. It's really funny. That's oh, so good. But I think a lot of people they were looking at like, what is this? And it's like, oh, it's this it's the SoundCloud account. And it's like, oh, this is quite cool. So I think that was kind of accidental like thing which helped me which is really quite cool oh yeah those happy accidents you can't recreate them on purpose mm -hmm. are you going to change your name to brule um not any day soon <laughs> <laughs> all right so um tell us you've been playing out much right doing gigs and whatnot um well i am not currently at the age i'm allowed to dj and stuff but i do a lot of kind of house party mixes and i do a lot of uh soundcloud mixes with different djs and i i like to play out certain dub plates and stuff just to get my stuff you know out there well tell us what's the best gig so far that you've ever played and tell us why i think the best one i've ever played was probably like if i was actually it was last night it was um <laughs> a thing called omega land which i I basically put it out my, by, uh, by myself. It's basically this um, big kind of um, gathering, and I get loads of DJs and producers, plus me, to make mixes, and we'll play it out all in one and just see what happens. And I just, I just got such a good vibe of it because people would comment, say, oh, this is really good, or something like that, you know, what's the song name and stuff. And I, like, even though it wasn't massive, there wasn't like thousands and millions of people on it, it was just good to know. I have lots of dedicated fans who actually like my music, which is always good. Oh, that's really, really good. Mm. Tell, now, explain that to me. You played all these mixes out at one, as one? You mean they were all playing at the same time on different like channels, or you played one after the other? Yeah, one after the other. I see. Yeah. I see. Now, and you did this virtually, or is this like actually out at a real place? Oh, no, I did it virtually. It's easier because you have so many... Cause I've noticed a lot of my fans are from the US. Yeah. Um, I have, I think, I believe it's something like 70 or 80% are all in the US. So huh. it's kind of hard to kind of get most of my fans in one place at a time. Yeah. Well, then you definitely have to come out here, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you use to like stream live? And what, what have you found is the best platform to do these virtual concerts? Um, depends really on what kind of platform I want to go on. So if I want to go on YouTube, I'll probably do... Um, what are they called? Hangouts you know, on the, air. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, if I want to go on SoundCloud, um, wait, I'm done on SoundCloud. Screw that one. Um, <laughs> if I want to, go, um, 
What is it? Oh yeah, that's what it is. Um, it's a kind of thing called Mixler. It's basically you'll play a thing in your DJ software. For me, it's Tractor, mm-hmm. and basically you broadcast it on a radio station, a online radio station, which is quite cool. Wow, that's really neat, Mixler. I've heard of it. I never used it, but uh, I've definitely seen it around. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's a bit glitchy at times, but obviously nothing's perfect, so it's good enough. Yeah, I hear you. That's, uh, I think that that is going to be one of the definite ways of the future to have virtual concerts. I mean, there's so many fans of producers out there that would love to see them live, but just can't physically do it because they're on the other side of the world. And uh, I really think virtual concerts are going to start blowing up if, if they haven't already. So I'm mm. anxious to see how that turns out. Tell us about uh, the best piece of advice you could give to an aspiring producer right now. I think the best piece of advice I could give is to be completely unique. Like, you want to have, obviously, a little bit of inspiration from your favorite artist or your favorite whatever. You can be, like, inspired by your pet cat for all I care. (laughs) But, um, yeah, basically be completely unique. Like, um, I believe it was a producer called Getter, you may have heard of him, who said this. Um, Don't try copy someone else's style because you'll never be as good as them, so you might as well be unique, which, in my opinion, was the best advice I've heard. And so... That's the best advice that I would give, which is be, you, you can never be, no matter how hard you try, obviously, like, like Zomboy, he could try to be Skrillex if he wanted to. He'll never be as, as good as Skrillex. He'll never be as big as Skrillex. Um, if I were to try copy Kill the Noise, I'd never be as good as Kill the Noise. Like something like that. It's just be completely unique, basically. No, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. And you'll never be as good as them because you can't be them. <laughs> exactly, I mean, yeah. To be as good as them, you have to be them. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love you that. Yeah, you can't have the exact same mindset, the exact same like structure and everything. Right, right. It's great advice. And if everybody does that, then EDM is going to stay fresh. And mm. I'm afraid, uh, I, I hope it does do the way you said, because I'm afraid if, if it starts to get a little more stale, it's going to get a little too boring and a little too commercial, and it's going to hurt the, the whole industry. So. Um, anybody out there who's listening, listen to Brawl's advice. That is what hmm. we need to do. Dude, um, you gave some great advice during this interview. Uh, is there anything else that, that you would want to say? Anything we missed that uh, you'd want to cover before we end off? Um, no, not really. Um, I suppose uh, another thing I'd like to say is um, when it comes to record labels. Yeah. Like, I, for me, I, I gave out uh, my demos to record labels like from literally the minute I started, uh, I'd send it to like, uh, when I started, I was a bit ambitious. I sent it to <laughs> Ausla. I sent it to Mousetrap. Obviously I didn't get any response, but you have to be kind of realistic with these things. So like when I started with my first release, Cosmic Dust, which I got an amazing response out of, it's easily one of my favorite songs I've ever produced. And yes, I was on a small label, but if you keep on building from a small thing, then you'll end up something great. I mean, now I'm signed to multi-kill recordings, which is like, Jesus Christ, like when I originally started, I was like, nah, mate, like, like you're never going to be on Skrillex's label or, or even anybody's label because everyone keeps on rejecting you. But now here I am. <laughs> so, so that, basically, dude, that, well, congratulations, first of all, for that. Thank you. <laughs> and second of all, so the advice you're giving is if you're going to send to labels, be realistic about your music and send to maybe some smaller labels first just to get your foot in the door and get your stuff out there and then work your way up, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, uh, obviously, you could try be a bit ambitious, like maybe send to, I don't know, Uplink or Firepower, which they're, they're not absolutely massive and they're not absolutely tiny. Right. They're, 
they're just they're just right you know right and um it's yeah so you can always send to those kind of labels as long as you think it's their material because you don't want to be sending a deep house song to a drum and bass label right. or something like that because it just doesn't make sense right right and would you rec- would you say that labels have helped you out getting signed on labels in your career yes yes they have definitely they've gotten in me a lot more um a lot more what's it called a lot more just a lot more like fan base and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean the first ever thing which I got on a record label, it wasn't a official iTunes or Beatport release. It was a Halloween compilation for bass liberational recordings. And that got me like at least like 50 like followers and like a couple of hundred plays. So it was good enough to know that I put in a couple of months of efforts for this. So it was good. I, I, I was happy with it basically. Right. No, great advice. That's awesome. Mm. tell us where people can find out more about you and your music um well you can check out my soundcloud um that's is obviously where i post virtually all my music um i'll do the odd really weird like vlog on uh, youtube but yeah that's basically it <laughs> awesome well brawl thanks so much for doing this interview man you gave some amazing information people are really going to get a lot out of it and anybody who's listening i hope you enjoyed the show if you want to hear um you know if you missed some of the links that Brawl just mentioned, check them out at our site at theproducer.club. That's where we produce the shows. That's where we put all the show notes. And we're also up on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash theproducerpodcast. If you follow us on there, you'll get emailed every uh, show we ever do as soon as it comes out. So thanks again, Brawl, and thanks everyone for listening. That's going to be it for the Producer Podcast for today. See you next time. Rule out. Rule out.